Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a Friday in April. Let's talk some sports. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, check out RayandTayToday.com. We're social, all the social medias, but we've got a special guest, and we are excited. bring him on. Charles Archer, bring him in. Hello, hello. Is this Charles? Uh, yes, yes, this is Charles. Hi, everyone. How are you? We're welcoming Charles Archer, CEO of the Thrive Network, to the show. Hi, Charles. This is Tal. This is Ray. And first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Thank uh, you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. All right. Well, so first of all, let's jump right in. Tell us about the Thrive Network. Tell you, tell, tell us, our audience, who you serve and how it's evolved over the past 20 years. Um, well, uh, 20 years ago, I started the uh, Thrive Network, where we provide social services to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Our core mission, obviously, is to enhance the quality of life of people, but we really want to create a space for people with disabilities to live with dignity, respect, and independence. The things that we all want in life should also be welcoming to those who might be in a different position as far as gaining access or being involved in society. So we provide uh, residential services, day school and habilitative services, after-school recreation, respite, service coordination, et cetera, for over 1,500 people throughout New York City. And we've been very happy to do it, you know, making people reach their full potential throughout New York City. Wow, that that's wonderful. You you do really awesome. really great work, great work, Charles. Let me ask you something. So you know that obviously this is a sports show. We but we talk about life. We we weave in all the intricacies. So you know in sports we always talk about leadership and how some players have it and some some people uh, general managers have it. So talk to us a little bit about leadership qualities that that you have and that you've seen and you've developed in in nonprofit and some of the stuff that you've learned that CEOs can learn from that and and even can be applied in in the sports world. You know, for, for me, leadership is kind of uh, the aspect of everything in the world that is either good or bad. Good leadership propels us forward, and bad leadership, you know, has retract. So when you think about sports and when you think about, you know, business leadership, it is always about the team. You know, a good leader never accepts the praise but accepts the criticism and puts out the praise to others. So when you have a team of, let's say, basketball players and you have the captain of the team who's out there, it's about also not just showcasing the leader's qualifications, but it's also showcasing the fact that my team is actually probably better than I am. And I think that that's the, 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 the parallel or the correlation between what I do at the Thrive Network and what someone might do, let's say, for the Knicks. 
You know, it's a, a matter of that, you know, my team is better than I am, and we are all great because we're all a team. And that's probably what I would probably say about the, the, the correlation. But when I think about leadership skills, it's about followership. If you can't get people to follow you and believe in you and be inspired by you, then there might be something that your leadership is lacking. The other thing about leadership is also to make sure that you get people involved. It's never about being a dictator or this is the way I want it to be done. It's about, well, what do you think and how can we make this all better for everyone? And probably the third thing I would say about leadership is it's about the end result. For us, we service people with disabilities. If people with disabilities are not happy, then we can't be happy. And for me personally, if a team is not out there trying to put on a good show for the fans, then there might be something that team needs to also consider. You know, Charles, this is uh, Eric uh, Tay, and it's, and it's perfect how you explain that because it's very much like in football, a quarterback, and also in basketball, a point guard. And the connections through life and sports are something that uh, Ray and I always try to stream through because sports, I think people underestimate totally how much, um, you know, there's humanity and caring and, and passion. So for myself, I, I worked and I taught for nine years up in the Bronx. You might be familiar with the school, Lavelle School for the Blind, where I, I worked with, very well. Okay, great. So I worked with. Uh, children with multiple disabilities from autism to blindness was almost the least, you know, uh, Tourette syndrome, Down syndrome, cerebral palsy from ages three to 21. So I'm very familiar and um, I'm a huge champion of the work that you do. And I wanted to ask you, because I, I know personally where there were aspects that were so lacking for my children and different creative endeavors that I tried to, you know, connect them to. I took them to a music studio in the Bronx because I'm also into hip hop and stuff like that. And I gave them ability to go into a music studio and actually make their own little CD. And I was so surprised how their parents were blown away. You know what I mean? Because I brought, you know, I, I made a CD and with the producer and gave each child, you're talking like 10, 13 kids, a copy of it and whatever they could do, whatever sounds that they were nonverbal, you know, they could do. And so I just wanted to get an aspect, an idea from you, what different challenges at Thrive you face, you know, and, and what's, where are your different issues and where do you branch out to help the kids, you know, in the human aspect and the social sector, what, what do you find to be the biggest challenge for you in terms of reaching, you know, their needs and helping find their needs? I think the one thing that, you know, I, I've consistently over the last 26, 27 years doing this work is when you get families to accept that they're now raising a child with a disability and when you also get the person who has a disability to also accept the fact that they have other abilities, then you've already reached half of what the battle will be throughout society. What I Amen. always find as well is that when you think about, we run a program called a Sunday Rester Program, and that's an opportunity for us to put people in in awkward situation in some ways, both the disabled, both the families, as well as the society. So what we do from Broadway shows, the horseback riding, to the Barclays, to other type of events, where we want to make sure that people with disabilities are not an afterthought in society. 
that we all want to matter. And I talk about that in Everybody Paddles, my, my latest book, but we really want to make sure that everybody is a contributing member within society. But the challenges I find in addition to acceptance and societal acceptance is, you know, I, I have a bunch of individuals who want to work. How do we create a space for them to get into employment? We have a bunch of individuals that live independently from, you know, our particular care. How do we get landlords and, you know, the housing market to be more accepting to people with disabilities and their needs? So it's all of those things that I find as societal challenges. How do we get people in music to also appreciate the fact that they're not just playing for what we would deem as normal individuals. They're playing for everyone. I have individuals who probably are in as much hip-hop as you are. Yeah. And like to go out and have time as much as anyone else. And I think that, you know, we need to really kind of shape the discussion around we all want the same things out of life. How do we create the opportunity for all of us to get it? So let's bring this to, to sports because I know because mm-hmm. I, you know, worked with these children and we, I mean, I taught them computers and even one of my former students, he makes his own music and stuff, but he loves sports as well. And so I wanted to get your thoughts, at, you know, what sports you're, you're into and then ways that you reach out, you know, to connect, you know, whether it's Knicks or Brooklyn Nets or Jets or Giants, you know, how do you make the connection and, and, and what sports interests do you like? Uh, for me, I've probably been more of a bookworm than anything else in my life but I don't mind a good basketball game or a good football game. But what I do enjoy the most is, is that our individuals, we have this thing that we really want to make sure, and it's all about the community inclusion, that they are part of the community. So our individuals do go to the Barclays Center on a regular basis to see the basketball games. They've wow, definitely been great. out to New Jersey in order to participate in some of those football games. You know, also trying to create a space where people with disabilities, even those who are nonverbal, can also communicate. So trying to find an opportunity for the things that they want to do. So, for instance, some of them wanted to go to the circus, so we create a space to go to the circus as much as we create a space for them to go to a, a, a Brooklyn Nets basketball game. Right. That's wonderful. You, you really, Charles, you really do some great work. Hey, listen, we we really thank you for for being on the show. We want to give you an opportunity and and let's kind of get you out on on a, on a uh, positive note here. First of all, amen. You know to to all the stuff that you're doing, but tell our audience about your everybody paddles principles and the book itself, where it can be purchased and, and what it means to you having written it and and. Why would somebody read it? Tell them, you know, give them a sneak peek. And, and don't and forget, Charles, people... any social media that you have, because a lot of our listeners, you know, this is the age, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, how can we reach <laughs> you? And, you know, that, they like to get social. So let us give us all your info. Um, I, I definitely will. And this is actually probably going to tie into everything we talked about from sports into business. You know, the, the concept of Everybody Paddles is built on a quote. Um, everybody paddles at the same time in the same direction towards this goal. And as much as we want that in our families and in our communities, we also want that on the court. I want to see that when I'm watching a game, as much as I want to also see that when I run my not-for-profit and my business. So the principles of everybody paddles that are in the book, the book can be found on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, Hudson News, 
Um, it's definitely, you know, you can get it electronically or you can actually get a hard copy. Um, and everybody paddles talks about building consensus. How do you stabilize a team? How do you stabilize the boat? There's also the, the if individuals know what their purpose is on your team, either in basketball or football, any type of sport, then they're actually going to work harder. It's going to push them forward if they know that this is what our goals are and what we want to accomplish. You know, the big part that also winds up happening is there are moments when we're all a captains and there are moments when we're all a paddlers. And, you know, understanding that the captain sets the course and the paddlers must paddle and understanding that each role on each team requires that there are leaders and followers at different moments. You also have communication at the principal. You also have problem solving. Let's be honest, you know, being a part of a team and being a leader doesn't always go smoothly. There also are times where you have to think about how do we get in some, some sort of direction. And then the last principle is every crew member matters. Every team member matters. You know, the person who scores five points, is, to me, is as equally important as the person that scores 50 points and making sure that every member of the team knows that their contribution matters. And that's how we live in the Thrive Network. I'm the leader of the ship, but my contribution is equally as valuable as those who do the work every day. And I want to make sure that our direct care staff know that, our administrative staff know that, our clinical staff know it, because all of them really do matter in what I do and what we do at the Thrive Network. Wow, Charles, this is wonderful. So in life, we're going to buy some of these books, but also in sports, we might buy some of these books and hand-deliver them to the Knicks, the Nets, and the Jets. <laughs> well, we're not doing so well. Wait, but Ray, Ray that's, wait, wait, that's so funny because I was I'm not going to touch Charles, that one. I was not going to touch that one. No, 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 because Ray, wait, listen, Charles, I was going to say we could use you, you know, the Jets could use you, and right now I think we could use you at D.C. down at the White House, if you want to be honest, so... Uh, no, to definitely be honest, I'll tell you one quick thing. Other than like, you can find Charles A. Archer all over social media, or you can uh, find the Thrive Network all over social media, Facebook, Great. Twitter, that's our names. Okay, but Charles other A. Part Archer, about, you know, also Thrive Network, okay. Right, the Thrive Network. You know, j- just a, a quick note, I, I don't know if you watched the HBO show, uh, Buildings, and there's a performance coach at the, at the office. Sometimes you need a performance coach that's more mental than physical. So, yeah, all those teams you mentioned, they might need someone like me to come in and talk to them because there's the mental part of the team and the physical part of the team that I think the, 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 the Knicks, the Nets, and the Jets could use. You know? So, Charles, keep up the great work. We'll we'll definitely be following you now, and and we really, really appreciate you coming on the show, and and our audience really was uh, enlightened by some of your principles, and I think that that this is all stuff that we should incorporate in our our daily lives, and we really appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you very much for having me, and all the best to everyone. Same to you, Charles. Thanks again. That was awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good night. Bye-bye. I love it, Ray. Charles Archer from the Thrive Network, everyone paddles or everybody paddles. And it's so true. Let's talk about teamwork because I think there's someone that I think it's hard to imagine that LeBron James could be underrated. But when you look at last night's performance, 41 13 and 12, down 25 at halftime, the largest deficit in playoff history. 
They, they cut it down to 20 and then, the, you know, cut it down. And then the Pacers, you know, went on their run again. And Paul George, I mean, we can't, you know, speak lightly of how great he was. But I think, you know, even when you saw Kyrie in love on the bench and he's orchestrating this comeback and, you know, I'm laughing because I'm like, wow, are they going to do this? And then I'm going and turning and watching the Bucks put the whooping on the Raptors. And there's such a clear difference, Ray, between LeBron and then the next 15 or 20 great players, right? You see DeRozan and Lowry being all-stars, but when it comes to the playoffs, they're good one game. They're not good the next. And I just, whether the Cavs win in four or five, doesn't really matter. I just realize that there's too much nonsense chatter during the regular season because LeBron is about championships and we should all respect his greatness because he's on his way to a seven straight NBA final. Amazing. Well, a couple things real quick. We, we texted off air. Can a guy that good be underrated? It's quite possible. I mean, th- th- this guy really is phenomenal. And, it, and it's almost like we all said in retrospect, and then Doc Rivers was saying to Ty Lue, you know, Ty Lue did this interview after the season, and, and when they were down 3-1, the idea was just get to the just get the next game. Just get the next game. And if you get to a seventh game, you have the best player on the court. You have the NBA Hall of Fame legend. You have the guy that really nobody can compete with. So he's that good. And he's really epic. And and it's we're we're living in an era where, you know, you count championships and you know what? Good for him that he won that, but the guy has been to six, and now it'll be seven straight NBA Finals. That's unheard of. Even those Boston Celtic teams, even those you know UCLA teams. I mean, this this is like the pantheon of sports. He's unbelievable. And if and if a, a superstar, a top five all time player, top wherever you put him, can be underrated, it's quite possible that LeBron James is underrated. He's number two behind Jordan whenever he retires, even if it was after this season. That's, that's where I have him. Let's talk about a gentleman, though, that's up 2-1 without having real offensive stars. Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, Ray, honestly, right now, him, Chris Middleton, Don Maker. I mean, Chris Middleton dropped 20 for you. Right now, I think the Bucks are going to take the Raptors out. You can't be that inconsistent from game to game, whether it's DeRozan or Lowry, not against this team because this team is finding ways to score. And with each game, they're gaining more confidence and they get the confidence injected from their Hall of Fame point guard coach. The Bucks are dangerous. We know the Wizards are dangerous. They'll probably go on and beat the Bulls or Celtics, depending on Rondo, who survives that battle. And I'm telling you, man, the NBA playoffs where everybody thought it was just going to be a dud, it's going to be a little bit more entertaining than we thought. And kudos to Fizdale. He's like, take that for data. And then the Grizzlies get a game at home. Kudos to them for Conley beating the Spurs last night as well. I'm sure you like that one. Well, you know, I like me some Spurs. But, yes, so Fizdale <laughs> definitely did his thing. Zebo had only started five games the whole season. And he's like, it's time for Zach. And Zebo delivered. Uh, look, Good, good for them. The Memphis, Memphis is a tough out. Tony Allen not being there really hurts them. But yeah. It'd be a different series if he was coach. there, Ray. 
Yeah, Fizdale's a good young coach, and he deserves to get the backing. And when was the last time you had the fans cheering for a coach when he walks on? But good for him. Uh, and that's one of the things about man. playing playing in a small market like Memphis, and and the the team is really backed by the local, you know, the local fan base. So that's great. Um, well, that, was, right that now goes up there time. where they are who we thought they were. <laughs> that was a great little rant <laughs> he had, man. I like that. <laughs> So, so that series is 2-1. The Cavs are, are obviously 3-0. Uh, we got yeah. Boston and Chicago right now. Close game at the half, 44-41 Boston. Uh, Rondo's out with the thumb. So, you know, I so predicted Chicago would win the series. Right, but with him being out, do you think Boston can come back and win this, or do you think Chicago can win in six? Because I had Boston winning in seven, but right now I feel without Rondo – if you get a little bit from MCW and Jerry and Grant, I think Wade and Butler will be able to pull this out for the Bulls. So I still am going to stick with my Chicago Bulls pick. Uh, I picked it in seven, so I think that, that remains. I think they might get uh, blown out maybe in game five. Maybe they lose one at home. They win the next one. They win. They lose one in the garden. And, and then, then they, they win game six to, in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, and then they and then they win a game. Yeah, and then they win a game six or seven. So I'll, I'll still say seven. I'll say they they can even go to Boston and win again. I just don't like this Boston roster, and especially in the playoffs, and especially when your when your best player is five nine or five eight if he's really five seven and a half. Five, and it's eight. hard for so, it's hard for them to score. And let's be honest, Olenek and Hartford are not they're not doing what they need to do. You know, but and Crowder and Browners. Again, I, I, I hate to come back to this, but I just don't see this as a championship roster. It turns no, no, out Stevens has coached them way above their talent. I mean, he's a great coach, great coach. Great coach, right but you know, it. the game slows down and the stars play like stars. And frankly, Boston doesn't have stars. They have a very good player in Isaiah Thomas, but they don't have stars. Uh, Al Horford is not a star. He's also a very good player. But, but it's, it's time for stars, and, and the playoffs is all about stars. You know, we counted it. You need two, three stars to win yourself a championship and even to advance deep into the NBA playoffs. I believe OKC gets a game tonight. They're down 2-0 to Houston. Um, it, listen, the, the role players we know – the Robertsons, the Cantor, the Adams, the McDermott, they'll play better at home. And I think OKC, at the end of the day, will get one. I don't know if they get more than that because Lou Williams, Anderson's played horrible, but Gordon and Williams are playing good. So if Anderson gets hot, I mean, it's just too hard to beat the Rockets. They have so much shooting. And OKC, they just, look, offseason, they have to trade, draft, and or sign shooters. That's what they need. This team's got too much size. You can't have Gibson, Adams, Cantor, and Sabonis. Get rid of one of them and get a shooter. You know what I mean, Ray? Yeah, because uh, Roberson <laughs> is too much of a, of a defensive – I mean, he's a defensive guy. He's an offensive liability. Oladipo's not a pure shooter. So right. playoffs, it's just too difficult for them to score. And you know what? That's that fool's gold last game when they had scored, what was it, 68, it was like 68, 64 at halftime. They yes. can't run with Houston. They just no. don't have the firepower. Eventually, they're going to go dry from the field. The, the well is going to go dry. 
but Houston can shoot for days. And Mike D'Antoni just runs that offense to perfection. And, and James Harden is his Steve Nash. So that team, you, you can't shoot it out. You can't get into a shootout. So as much as that, that looked good, Russell's stat line looked great, you know, with the 51 and the, the, the triple-double, you're not going to win like not, that. In the yeah. I not think they get one. Team. But, Ray, I'm going to throw this at you. Series tied 1-1. Clippers at Jazz, no go bear, but that might not mean much. I got to tell you, I, this is going to be fascinating to see how this plays out because you talk about free agents in the summer and potential stars moving. Gordon Hayward, Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, maybe even Melo. This, this series could really determine a lot of where big guys go next year and does this whole clipper thing break up and it's easy to say keep it together but they might not have the choice because the owner might get frustrated and say you know what doc you can stay but only as a coach or you could stay but only as a gm and he might move to orlando and griffin and paul might not come back so this is a key game tonight in what happens for the rest of this series where do you think it goes? Because I was going to say the Clippers are going to do it. I got a funny feeling Utah's going to win this one tonight, Ray, and go up 2-1. Really? really? See, I, I, I think the Clippers realize that they're back to the back wall, wall, and they've and underachieved they've the last three, four years in the playoffs. They've had some excuses. Paul got hurt. Griffin got hurt. But now, now that Gobert is hurt, they really have to steal this deal. So I think so you're counting on DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin dominating inside and not not messing around? Dominating, yes. And Chris Paul okay. doing what he needs to do to orchestrate a win. Yeah. But I, but that still might not be enough because if they get swept by the Warriors, that could still end everything and break it up. Well, so we'll see. That, yeah. that's likely to happen, right? They'll they probably win one game against the Warriors, if that. So let's just get out of the round, right? If they lose in the yeah. first round, that, that, that's that's unacceptable. You, you I'll can't say have this to, before we crown the Cavs, John Wall and Bradley Beal, Marquise Morris, Gortat, and them boys, they're going to have something to say about it. That Wizard team is getting better every night, Ray. I'm telling you. That, that's that's going to be fun. We talk about the Eastern Conference, uh, you know, would it be Toronto or Boston? Washington is ready to match up, and they have good matchups. Wall matches up very well with Kyrie or Shumpert or whoever they want to put on him because of his size. Um, you know, we saw some games this season where the Wizards were taken into the Cavs. So I look forward to that in two more rounds because I well, believe the Wizards, Wizards will handle the Bulls without Rondo. We'll see. The only thing I'll say about that is we, we are looking, we're probably two weeks, two, three weeks away from that. But we'll see because – I just don't know if the Wizards have been there, right? It's very rare that a team that didn't make the playoffs, underachieved last year, comes out and then can really make a run, A, to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then battle the beast known as the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
so well. So I think they're a year or two away. Now, obviously, a year or two, rosters change and things change, but I, I'm not sure they're ready right now. The one good thing going for them is Cleveland plays no D. Even in the game that they win, historic and whatever, they're giving up 100, 105, 110, 150 points. That, that doesn't work in the playoffs, right? You're not going to make 25-point comebacks you know, against better teams and against teams that are not as inconsistent as the Toronto Raptors are. So that's the one thing that will give people hope is that Cleveland historically has been a, a very good defensive team. They haven't been this year, and they're not. And so, you know, they're going to win in spite of their defense. So, so they're going to have to play, you know, mediocre D and then execute in the fourth quarter. So that, that's going to be their formula. So let's, let's end with a little NFL talk. Wednesday, Roundtable, we'll have our mock draft and our draft special. We'll talk sleepers, potential trades, you know, the mock first round. NFL released the schedule. Colts on record with the easiest, I mean, with the most, with the easiest schedule. And I guess the hardest schedule was between Dallas and, I don't know if they said Kansas City. You know, it's all percentages. Uh, look, ESPN had a little complaint, and they were wondering if they could get some better games from Monday night. And they start September, the season starts Patriots Chiefs. The Sunday is the 10th, Tay's birthday. But Monday night football, September 11th, you got the Saints and Vikings, Chargers at Broncos. Eh, I don't necessarily love it. I don't know if you saw the Monday night schedule. I know Sunday night football's got classic games. But I want to read a couple to you, and do you think ESPN got jerked again? You got, like, Lions at Giants, um, you know, week, week two, week three, Cowboys, Cardinals, that's not bad. You got a little Redskins, Chiefs, you know, Vikings, Bears. They're doing a couple division games. Do you, do you think ESPN gets the short end because they kind of get the games after uh, CBS and Fox picks them and NBC for Sunday night. Yeah, they do. No doubt. No doubt. I yeah. mean, they don't have the marquee games. I mean, they may have one or two uh, marquee matchups if things fall into place, but it's typically one good team and one bad team. So I don't know if it's, if it's the draw that they do. Look, NBC pays the most amount of money for one game. So obviously right. Sunday NBC night, yeah. for their Sunday night game gets really good games. Plus they get that flex option at the end of the season. But, yes, uh, as yeah. usual, ESPN games on Monday night are going to be mediocre at best. Um, they'll have a, a few decent ones, like I said, if things yeah. fall into place. But for the most part, ugh, the Monday night games don't stack up nearly to the, to the Sunday games. Sunday night yeah, games. it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Now, your Cowboys got a tough schedule. Um, you know, a lot of people are saying they're, they're not going to be 13-3. and three. And then the big story is the Giants. They, they, their schedule is tough. I mean, obviously, the NFC East is playing the AFC West. So there's going to be some, you know, some tough games. But they said the Giants have to play teams coming off their buys like five weeks in a row. And they're saying that the teams they play against, I think combined, it's like 22 days more of rest. I don't know. These, oh you know, these little glitches in the schedule, it can't make it perfect. You know what I mean? Right. And real quick, let's jump to the NHL, right? We got three oh, yeah. teams that closed out their series, right? So we got Pittsburgh. Kudos Congrats. to the defending champions. Beat Columbus Blue Jackets, right? So they're yeah. they're they're down. Uh, they're into the next round. Nashville with the shocker. Takes out the Chicago Blackhawks, who everybody liked in the Western Conference, to go deep. So that I, that's uh, that was they, a, they, they, they took me out, yeah. Yeah, it was huge. And then 
Another another uh, another quick fast in a hurry was uh, Anaheim. The Anaheim Ducks four all. They swept the Calgary Flames. So yeah. the rest of the series will probably be wrapped up by the weekend. But yeah, hockey and basketball tracking to the second round. Well, what do you we... think is going to happen, Rangers Canadians? That's uh, they got game six. You going. know what? Big win, big overtime win for the Rangers because I thought yeah. the Canadians were gonna were gonna flex and win the next two, and now. With the Rangers winning in overtime, I don't know. Uh, you know, the Rangers, the Rangers have to win this game, though. I, I do think that if the Rangers don't win, then I think Montreal wins game seven at home. So it's all about this game six on Saturday. We'll see if the Rangers win it. It'll be interesting. All right. Well, so. great show, great show. Yeah. We'll, we'll Everybody be check out the Drive Network. And we thank Charles Archer for coming on. That was really uh, just doing great work, and that was a lot of fun. So right, know, we appreciate that. Out. Have a great sports weekend, and we will be back Wednesday, NFL Draft. Peace. Welcome to E-Rhyme Sports. E-Rhyme Sports is the name of the show. The topics are plenty.